Hi, I'm Brian Kramer, author of Human to Human and host of Lead Tail TV. Every startup wants to achieve growth, but can it be hard to know where to start? We sat down with Holly Rowland, CEO of Emerald Hill Marketing, to get her insights. Holly helps startups move up market from selling to small business sales to selling into large enterprises. In this episode, Holly outlines a few strategies and best practices to get from point A to point B, including carving out your niche or aligning your marketing and sales strategy and truly understanding your buyer's desires. Here's Holly. Well, Holly, thank you so much for being here and being on Detail TV. We're so, so excited to have you here and to do this uh, interview with you. I've been reading all about you and now I get to see you in, well, at least on on digital real life. Uh, so it's so, so nice to see you. Thank you for being here. Yes, thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Well, I'm going to jump right in because your background is... Um, is so interesting you've got all these different um points of um you know places that you've been and things that you've done and i'm gonna jump right in and just ask you to tell us a little bit about your approach overall just to growth marketing and what you see as the biggest challenge to uh SaaS marketers software as a service marketers uh, and what they face today sure well yeah i'll start with the second half of that question because um it kind of leads into the rest of it you know, there's there are so many SaaS solutions out there um, and uh, trying to break into the market and uh, uh, dominate the space. And I think that um, the biggest challenge really for marketers is that there's so much noise being presented to buyers um, and problems get solved for buyers in so many different ways that it can be really difficult for them to try to figure out what the right solution would be for them and whether the solution would be solving their problem for them um, in, in the way that they need it to. Um, and, you know, there's many different ways to skin a cat, so the, so the phrase goes. And so um, it can just be very challenging for them on their journey to uh, understand whether the solution that you're marketing, if, if when, when they find you, uh, is actually the, the right one for them. Um, and then secondly, the, tying to that point, it's that the, um, you know, content marketing is extremely important today, but also um, has a lot of challenges associated with it because, um, number one, it's very costly to produce um, enough content to keep relevant and to keep yourself constantly pushing out fresh information into the marketplace. But then secondarily, how do you make sure that you're getting it into your customers' hands? Um, I or that you bought your prospective buyer's hands. I tend to uh, work mostly with startups. And so a lot of them don't have any brand awareness. Um, and uh, there may or may not be a leader in their particular space unless they're creating a category. And so trying to um, understand with very fundamental tools what, um, uh, what mechanisms that you could use in order to get your content into the hands of uh, buyers is um, a real challenge for them. My approach to growth marketing really starts again with the fundamentals since I'm sort of a transformation agent for these organizations. I often um, engage with an, a startup company in the very early stages of their development. So um, I really have to start with fundamentals with them and start from a really solid core plan of making sure that we really understand the customer, we really understand how, how the customer, um, that we can reach that customer, and then um, um, help them to understand that 
really focusing on certain segments and focusing on their differentiators is important for their growth. Uh, the tendency kind of tends to be, well, I want to tell them everything about my solution and look, if there's a leader in the market, I want to look kind of like that leader. And it's like, no, 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 you want to break away and um, really make some waves in the marketplace by, by talking about something that solves the problem, but really sets you apart. Um, so that can be a real challenge for the, for the startup companies to maintain that focus, not chase opportunistic opportunities, and instead really focus on the markets that they're the strongest at um, having a fit with. How do you approach that um, to even become the leader of, um, and I know you keep, there's not a silver bullet and there's not like that one like thing that's going to turn it on, but there, what's, what is like a way that you can approach to become like a little bit more successful, become a little bit more successful at becoming the leader of mm -hmm. that, that, mm -hmm. that niche, that industry, that area? Well, I can give you a, a good example of a company that I worked with that um, was breaking into a space that was very much dominated by one major player in the marketplace. And as I engaged with the company, what I realized was that everyone from uh, the analysts, the industry analysts of that marketplace to the other players that were trying to um, capture market share from that big leader were, you know, defining the market in a very specific way that left out a whole other set of capabilities that wasn't addressed by those solutions. So I went and, um, you know, first engaged with all the leading industry analysts in that space because they were an important part of the sales cycle um, in terms of advising potential buyers. So, um, and I challenged their market definition and said, well, you know, I, I understand that you um, are looking at uh, this market in this very simplistic way, but that only applies to a B2C type of a use case. And you're leaving out the whole B2B market case, which is much more complex um, and much more um, uh, high value. Uh, when it comes to ASPs and, and um, uh, the longer term engagement with different kinds of companies. It was very interesting um, because at first I got a lot of pushback, but um, I was just persistent with them about um, that they had you know, misdefined the market. And lo and behold, that they redefined their market definitions and um, started to really open their eyes. And in fact, the leader in that space now is um, uh, starting to expand their solution set in order to cover the gaps in their solution. Um, so the company that I was working with, um, you know, we picked that fight and we made it very specific that we were not going after B2C customers, we were going after B2B, and um, that we understood the B2B problem much more um, successfully or much more in depth than um, the other solutions in the marketplace. So that helped us have a differentiated message that helped us to be much more specific with co companies that um, the simpler solutions weren't working for and um, uh, really put the company on the map when it came to um, um, achieving some brand awareness and, and getting a following. Um, they're not the leader yet. That does take time, takes a lot of time and a very persistent and constant focus on um, that particular segment that you're focusing on. But I think if you really try to own a particular segment and stick to it, um, then um, the leadership can come from there. When it starts to get off track, how do you pull people back in? Well, you have to look at different signals. If it's getting off track, it may be that, that you 
personally need to adjust the plan and mm -hmm. revisit your segments and ensure that you're really focusing on the right segment and that there's a market there. Um, but absent that, um, I think uh, pulling people back into, I mean, you make a really good point. Uh, oftentimes I work with executives who this is, you know, with a startup company, this is their baby. Mm -hmm. And if they don't feel like the baby's developing in the right way, they're, they're going to get very, very nervous. Mm -hmm. And so um, in the early stages, you have to um, let the, you know, show progress where you can, whether it's, you know, we've gotten a certain number of leads that the sales team needs to take on now or, um, okay, we can tweak the messaging a little bit, but we're gonna stay, stay with these segments and um, you know, talk about how you've got a certain limited amount of budget and time and resources in order to allocate toward this growth plan. And it's better to follow a plan than it is to uh, randomly look for opportunities in different markets that you really don't have any brand name awareness and and may not even be looking for your solution. You have come from an executive level at um, having worked at, at both Oracle and um, and SAP, uh, you know, two little known companies, <laughs> and um, and and you've done some incredible work there at both of them, you know, with with uh, you know demand gen and branding and and I mean. It, it, building all kinds of the, the list goes on and on of what you've done at these companies are, um, and, and being uh, you know a, a, now a growth marketer how have you seen all of that work um, and now what you do um, both both support what you do and then also you know um, grow and flourish into new things that you're now doing yeah the interesting thing about having done um, global roles at SAP and Oracle is that, you know, you see how the very mature large organizations um, have evolved and, and dominate their space. And that's great um, uh, experience in order to understand, you know, what the startup company needs to strive for over the long term. Um, and I was lucky, as you say, enough to be able to be engaged in branding, um, demand generation, product marketing, strategy, um, partner marketing, um, partner relations, um, you know, a whole gamut of things in the enterprise software space. So I can bring to that, uh, to a startup, I can bring that breadth of experience um, uh, to help them to understand the full portfolio of what they need to have um, presented to an enterprise level customer. Um, in order to look like a credible solution that they might want to, to purchase. Um, so the way that that tends to translate is that when I engage with an organization, as I said before, they tend to not have had a lot of formal marketing in place as of yet, or if they have, it's been um, very much focused only on demand generation and not necessarily the branding and the, and the enterprise level messaging. And so because I've lived and breathed that for 20 odd years, um, I, I can help to transform a very technical message to an enterprise level message that helps a, a C-level um, buyer understand the strategic value of the solution. Yes, the functions and the features are very important, but only important enough if the, only important if they're making the buying organization better or faster or more cost effective. And so um, and giving them, you know, a, a, some kind of a competitive advantage. So 
that um, transformation tends to be really exciting for the startup company because they haven't really, um, they've understood, say, cost cutting um, for their solution or making a process better, but they haven't necessarily um, had the organizational knowledge around the strategic value and how to really speak to a C-level executive about their solution. Um, so that's been really helpful. And then understanding also the brand, you know, very often when I engage with an organization, um, I have to help them to understand how to transform their brand um, into something that presents um, in a more professional or more enterprise level way. Um, so I've taken everything from like consulting oriented brands or just very techie brands that um, look like they may have been designed on a, on a, um, uh, a, a PowerPoint presentation and transform those to have um, a very uh, enterprise level look and feel and to communicate to the marketplace in a much more enterprise way. Um, if you were to boil maybe it down to like one or two, not that they are the, that there's only one or two, but maybe just one or two that you can share uh, best practices that you really advocate for on your, like with your teams, what would you say? So I think the first best practice that I really advocate for is that there has to be a really strong collaborative and mutually accountable working relationship with the sales organization. Um, sales is really the first customer of marketing, right? The, 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 the prospective buyers are maybe the second customer, but sales is very much the first customer. And I've heard way too many stories about marketing organizations that have been convinced for whatever reason that their messaging and their tactics um, and their plans are 100% um, what they need to be and the sales organization just needs to get in line and you know that 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 creates a, a an environment where um, uh, you know it, it just is it's going to end in tears eventually <laughs> right and so that doesn't mean you have to always agree with the sales organization and do everything that the sales organization asks for um, it's a negotiation Right. And so, but as long as the sales organization has a some sort of transparency into my plans and what I'm, why I'm planning the way that I am, what my thinking is, and they're open to being educated as well, um, then I think you can have a really great um, relationship that um, uh, where problems can be risen up to, to be discussed and um, you can really solve those problems much more effectively and be more effective in going to market. Um, in terms of the second practice, I think that I, um, I, I question everything, meaning that um, I don't assume that that the messaging that you know my understanding of the solution in the marketplace is always one hundred percent correct, and that um, I need to really listen both to people internally that might have concerns about um, what the marketing looks like, but also externally. And to not, um, so I try to develop a, an atmosphere of, um, you know, we're, we're quite busy when we're, we're in, in a startup organization. We're always focused on the 20 tasks that we have in front of us and the three jobs that we're trying to, to handle but with one person. However, it's very important to make sure that you stay apprised of the, the news in the marketplace, um, who's buying solutions, um, and listen to the feedback that the marketplace is giving you. And we're so lucky to live in a time where 
that that information um, is is often readily available, or that there's ways of getting to it that um, can really help you. Um, and so that you're constantly you're sticking to your plan, but you're also constantly evolving how you approach the marketplace, such that um, you're really speaking to what the the needs are. I have to go down this path um, at least just a little bit, um, and then we'll, we'll get back into it. But um, what do you what do you love about ABM, and what do you what do you find challenging? What I love about ABM is that you uh, need to be very focused on a particular buyer um, in an organization and get very close to um, their way of thinking and what they need to hear. Too often, I think that technology market, marketing can be a bit um, sterile and not um, really recognize that there's a buyer on the other side of that um, transaction that needs to feel important, needs to feel like you care about their problems and needs to feel like you're gonna do everything you can to, to support them. Um, what I don't like about ABM is that it can be very challenging to, to do that in, in a scalable way. Um, especially if you're in a startup and you don't have a lot of resources. So, um, and it also forces the sales and marketing team and the executive team to make some really hard choices about who they're going to pursue and who they aren't going to pursue. So um, the internal cultural challenges and the, um, the limited ability of a startup um, uh, can be, um, challenging in the ABM context. Things I, I can see is how quickly technology, especially in ABM, is still too much automation and it's not triggering that human um, approach enough to say, okay, now you need to actually pick up the phone and call someone. It's like a little too, too automated in, in, in certain respects. So I just, I love that piece. And I, I think, um, you know, there's, there's so much there uh, still to grow and, and, and to happen there. Um, well, if I can say one thing about that too, is when I um, develop personas for um, a particular company and solution, um, I always put, you know, a, a section in those personas about what they personally want. Um, and people sometimes kind of give me strange looks for, well, why, why would I care about whether they want a promotion or not? Well, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, well, they don't want to pick the wrong solution that makes their, that you know, impacts their reputation, right? Or why would I care that they want to spend more time with their grandkids? You know, I don't necessarily put that specific information in the persona, but the point being, you know, everyone wants to work less. <laughs> and so speaking to their ability to save time and to be more efficient, um, and the benefits for them of doing that is, is also important. And um, yeah, I think it's gonna take people a little time, but um, I, you know, I really hope to see a lot more humanness in the in, uh, tech marketing, because it really needs to be there. So I'm also curious about when things, you know, there, it's, it's not all rainbows and unicorns. Um, so when things take, take a, uh, a right or a left turn, uh, or even a U-turn, um, you know, when you're doing a campaign or a program and, and um, you know, let's say it's not working and you got to take a step back and, and reassess things. 
uh, what are the signs or the triggers or, or things that you know you suggest to a team that, and, and maybe it's maybe it's time to, to take a pivot or uh, you know look at your core um, aspect of your marketing and say okay this is what we need to do now um, how, do you, how do you approach that this might seem like a, a bit of an odd um, uh, signal but I've worked with organizations that um, really have uh, had great results from SEO and SEM kinds of tactics. We had done a relaunch of the organization and shifted the messaging to be much more strategic um, and the branding to be much more enterprise level. Um, but um, the SEO um, results started to fall off um, on a month to month basis. And so what we realized was that we had gone a bit too far into streamlining the messaging and uh, not deep enough into um, uh, some of the capabilities and, and um, you know, having more information about the capabilities and individual things that people would be looking for that were applicable to our solution. So that was a big signal that um, it was great that we had this more enterprise level messaging, but now we needed to really expand that and um, ensure that we were able to pull in, you know, very significant leads um, based upon um, the SEO and SEM um, tactics that were going into place. Um, I think another uh, signal is when the, if, if you start to lose the sales organization or if they are not um, wanting to even try the uh, tools that you're giving them, then that is a big signal that you need to kind of sit down with them and understand what the source of that problem is, right? Do they really have knowledge that you didn't incorporate, that you just didn't know about for some reason? Um, or, um, you know, sometimes you encounter cowboy salespeople that, that they just want to do, they want to do things the way they, would, they want to do them. Um, and I don't, really, I don't really have an issue with cowboy salespeople if they're being effective. But if, if, the, if they're not moving pipeline and they're not closing deals, then um, you know that could be a big signal that you need to internally realign and ensure that um, people understand why the messaging is the way that it is and why the sales tools are the way they are. Um, and uh, yeah, I guess the other big signal would be if you're not collecting the level of leads that you're expecting, um, the, the type of people that are uh, that you're really trying to target and get in, you know, high enough in the organization to help the ASP be higher. Um, then you need to go back and revisit what you're what you're doing in terms of your tactics and your messaging in order to um, uh, attract those people and and be in the, be in the forums where they're going to be looking for a solution. I'd love to also know um, in the case of uh, where a company is uh, scaling or moving up uh, up market from selling to other startups and in, in selling to enterprise, how do you make that transition and what challenges are the focus there? So yes, companies are starting to move up and selling to uh, mid-range or you know small businesses up to the enterprise. Um, there's two ways that, that they need to think about approaching that. The first is, uh, you know, I'm going to upscale my marketing to speak to you know a larger organization and what they're concerned about and make sure that I'm presenting my, my solution in a credible way and the organization in a credible way as well. Um, and so that usually involves 
for a startup, a whole new set of, um, you know, all of the sales tools that the marketing team provides, as well as, frankly, a whole new set of leads, because they typically don't, haven't had those contacts um, in, in their database uh, to, be, to be nurturing. Um, but I think the actual more interesting um, strategy and path that companies sometimes really don't spend enough time on is cross-selling and upselling and really understanding that, you know, they may have sold to an enterprise to a department in, uh, you know, Indiana, but that it's a global enterprise. And so how do you take that success that you've had with a particular office or that particular department and expand into the rest of the account or um, bring on new features um, and capabilities that um, they, they desire and want. And so um, that requires a level of um, focus on the customer um, that uh, is shifting away from just acquiring new logos into really getting much closer to the customer, uh, bringing in either the professional services organization or the customer success organization to that, that really has a sales um, bent to it in order to find those opportunities to expand the solution within a particular organization. Um, and yeah, I don't, to me, that is where a lot of startups struggle with spending enough time because they feel like if they just have more logos and more logos and more logos and they're going to be more successful. But sometimes, sometimes the success path is, is much shorter. Um, you just have to spend some time to, de to, to develop it within the particular organization. Oh, wow. Um, okay, I got one last question for you. And then okay. It's, it's, it, it, it's going to be a, a, a fun one, I think, anyway. Um, and it's, it's, it's about go-to-market strategy. Uh, it's simple. Uh, it kind of geeks me out. I think it geeks your, you out, too, uh, which is around um, what steps to take um, to make sure that you can execute on it, um, on, on a go-to-market strategy effectively. Do you have... Uh, you know, some tips, some, some ways that, that uh, everyone listening can just like walk away and go, oh my God, that's, I've been, that's the thing. That's the thing I've been missing or, um, or, or some things that they can, they can put in place that, that you, um, you definitely want to make sure that you have uh, every time you go to do it. Yeah. Um, so again, we're, we're, you know, in, in my particular situation, I'm talking about mostly uh, startup companies. And um, the companies that I have seen really struggle with go-to-market and um, not achieve the growth that they're looking for um, are those that really can, are having challenges um, with partnership strategies. Um, direct selling is you know, obviously very important and uh, quite often the bread and butter of, of a startup company. However, um, you need friends in the marketplace to uh, number one, just expand the reach of your of your messaging and your solution, expand the reach of your market. Um, and those that are have not been successful at either focusing enough on the partner strategy or um, for whatever reason haven't haven't garnered the um, enthusiasm from the partners. Like maybe they have partnerships in place, but the the partners aren't actively. Um, promoting those solutions for what have you for wh whatever reason, um, 
can be, uh, you know, those are the ones that have challenges. Um, so I would say, you know, really spend some time thinking through the partner strategy, get the right kinds of people into place to help you to expand your partner network, and then um, spend just as much time on the partnership aspect as you do on the direct sales aspect. Um, so that would be one tip. Um, the other tip is that um, having a repeatable process um, between the sales and marketing organizations with key points that you're measuring the effectiveness of the go-to-market process um, is really critical um, because otherwise there's a tendency for people to um, sort of focus on whatever the um, the lead of the day is or or the activity of the day and not focus enough on am I making sure that my process is uh, working effectively and for startups that can be really challenging because they're not necessarily used to a lot of process and so incorporating that discipline into the organization and ensuring that at least you know every other week the executive team is is looking at that process and measuring the effectiveness of it um, I think is also really important yeah, I love those two and um, I love I, the one I love how you said you everyone needs friends <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> so thank you for sharing all of this and, and for your time. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you as well. I had a really nice time and uh, um, I really enjoyed the conversation. Hi, everyone. Spencer here on the Lead Tail team. We wanted to thank Holly Rowland for being on our show today. Uh, if you'd like to connect with her, you can find her at LinkedIn slash in slash Holly Rowland. If you want to see the full video interview series, you can find this episode and more at leadtailtv.com. Please make sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Have ideas for the show? Do you know someone who would be great to be a guest? Drop us a line at studios at leadtail.com. Thanks.